Yes, indeedy, y'all. That's Miss Summer Dean. Am I on? Yeah. Okay. We're good. We're good. Howdy, Swallow Twang on the Women's Show. And uh, Summer Dean, yes, ma'am, he found me in a honky-tonk with that song. So appropriate for our uh, winner of the Ameripolitan Honky-Tonk Female Award just a couple weeks ago. That song, it was originally a Leona Williams, you know, the the OG honky-tonk queen, uh, Leona Williams. But we have that covered by Miss Summer Dean, and that's... uh, off of 2021's Bad Romantic. Very fitting song. Uh, before that, I played a song that lots of folks don't associate with Miss Summerdean uh, because it's a really cool project, uh, the Am- Alamo Bootleg Volume 1. And it's a song called Ballad of Gonzales. And um, what's his name? Eric Steele put this uh, Alamo Bootleg together and it's all the kind of untold hidden stories behind the more well-known people of the Alamo. And very, very cool project that Summer was involved in and her single, Ballad of Gonzales. And before that was, uh, start off at the, bottom, <laughs> the top of the hour, Alabama, Can I Call You Hank? And that's off of her Unladylike EP that was released in 2016. And we are awaiting Miss Summer Dean's call. And uh, let's see where... What else can we do? Uh, we can. <laughs> um, well, I can I can do a little bit of an uh, introduction more so because this Ameripolitan Award business is pretty freaking cool. Um, Dale Watson in 2013-2014 had a bit of a verbal mm, back and forth, if you will. That's a nice way to say it with Blake Shelton. And uh, Blake had come out and said, oh, you know, all that old honky-tonk crap, that's all that old country music, that's just for old farts and jackasses. Yeah. And uh, Dale Watson took an issue with that, as I do personally myself, (laughs) and many folks do. So kind of as a, well, show you, old Blake Sheldon, he started the Ameripolitan Awards with the idea to keep the traditional sounds alive and there are four categories honky-tonk outlaw western swing and rockabilly and in each category there's a male category female category and group there she is so uh yay let's um Miss Summer Dean, uh, we'll check our levels here once she gets on and have you te- have her tell you more about the uh, awards and her upcoming album, all kinds of fun stuff going on. Are we good right, to go? Okay. I think. There we go. Miss Summer Dean, are you on the line? Uh, we lost her. Uh, sorry. Let me hang on. We lost you. Please call back. <laughs> We're going to make it happen. It's live radio. Ain't it fun, folks? <laughs> um, yes, she does, have a new, she does have a new album coming out in June, which is very exciting. Uh, what is that called again? I wrote it down there. She's that good girl. You call him right back. Are I'm y'all? here. I'm here. Yay. Yay. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you for your it's persistence. It's been so long in the making. I'm here. I'm here. Yes, we have been working on this for uh, quite some time. I know. Yay. Good things uh, are worth the wait. Yes, it, and then, you know, it's all the universe provides. It's just perfect timing because... You are totally right. I'm so excited and so happy for you, and congratulations on that Ameripolitan Female Honky Tonk Award. Oh. You know, I, yeah, I don't take that lightly at all. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very, I'm really proud about that. And, uh, and, and, but like, I, I, in my speech, I, I meant what I was saying. I didn't really plan on anything because I, I didn't. Uh, I know that sounds kind of corny, but I really didn't think I was going to win because I have won Outlaw Female before. So I thought, well. They're just nominating me as a gesture, and I appreciate it. They're just not about winning, you know. But anyway, when they called my name, I was so excited because I, I honestly believe in this stuff, and uh, I've making it my life mission to make it cool for for um, the mainstream. So it was nice to be recognized big time. Yeah, that was, and I appreciate. Well, first of all, you look fabulous. I saw the <laughs> pretty, yeah, pretty Bonnie Kramer. Oh, yeah, and she said do you, her husband makes hats, and she said, "Do you want?" Well, Ben to make you a hat. And I was like, no, I always want a hat. I want to do something else. And and I said, how about how about a bird? <laughs> how about making a bird to put in my hair? And they did. It was so fun. <laughs> oh, Meripolitans are great for that low. I mean, anything goes, you know. Well, don't they also have like a fashion show? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All these wonderful makers um, showcase their clothes. And, you know, this the music industry, especially... The people that do roots music, like it's about a culture for us, and and most cultures have a significant uh, look and apparel and costumes mm -hmm. and and, uh, and historically they do, you know. And this kind of roots music is a culture, so it's cool to celebrate all the makers that uh, um, just do really cool clothes. Yeah, and, Custom, and you know, and and very inspired, you know, from the roots, but kind of with fun contemporary twists from what I saw, you know, just oh, really yeah. bringing it yeah, forward. Yeah, all kinds of, yeah, rockabilly to leather to just, I mean, just beautiful things. And I think, well, this is all me being a little fashion queen myself. Did I see a, like a vending thing? Like if one were to attend, like I don't need enough incentive already to get, check out the Ameripolitan Awards, but is there like a shopping area? Did I see? Oh, there's a whole, yeah, there's vintage and makers and chain stitchers and they're set up all weekend. <laughs> It's a, it's a hang. It's one of my favorite hangs every year. And I think uh, I saw a magazine quote that, like, you know, Americana Fest feels like a high school reunion where you meet up with people that you think you know, but you never really met or haven't seen them in a long time. But Ameripolitan Weekend is like Christmas where you go home and see your family and your uh, favorite cousins, little, you know? And, yeah, tighter knit kind of. Yeah, it's, it's, and, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, us musicians, we musicians, I'm not sure which pronoun to use there, but we we don't get to hang out with each other a lot. Um, we're always crisscrossing each other all over the nation, you know. And so, but we, a lot of us take that weekend off and we all hang with each other. And it's musicians at every level, um, too, like Sierra Farrell hung out all weekend this year. And, yeah. you know, she didn't need to do that. And I know that her team probably got mad that she didn't go and make a lot of money instead she went to Maripolitan and and she didn't just show up for the award show she hung out all weekend wow. so it was really fun and um but i have some of the best uh comrades in this industry because of Maripolitan. it's the reason i know charlie crockett jesse daniel bonnie montgomery um 
And then the newcomers coming up, uh, Emily and Annie, um, from Nashville, coming into yeah. Meripolitan, uh-huh. and uh, Hannah Juanita, and uh, Kimbo. There's a lot of cool Nashville scene that got nominated this year, and so it was really cool to merge all those scenes together. I, I love I, it. Everybody should. Yeah, come. I noticed that uh, the kind of a crossover, and that's that's really cool to see because uh, it also helps elevate those artists that get that kind of double exposure from two different you know there might be two different groups of people who are might yeah. following one and not the other so uh, and i have to imagine uh hanging out with dale and celine which is must be a hoot oh yeah they're hard to hang out with at ameripolitan though they are little birds floating around uh, uh-huh. everywhere i mean they have a pretty strong crew helping them out but like you know dale and celine do that them dadgum sales yeah. like they don't hire production companies or anything like that they hire their friends and so it's pretty impressive, and it just gets better and better every year. <laughs> that's really cool. And I, so speaking of Ameripolitans, I do recall, I believe that's where I first came across you as an artist. Was, a, was it a 2017 was your first uh, uh, nomination? I think so, 2017 or mm-hmm. 20, <laughs> 2018, something like that. Sorry, I'm kind of coming down from a, the junk that everybody's got this time of year. So sorry if I'm coughing. It's okay. That's um, <laughs> It's it's part of the see it's it's tis the season. <laughs> tis the season. You're well, and you know I've got all this going on, and I thought I'd take a, a little bit of time and clean out my garage, which I don't know why I thought it was a good time to do that. I have so many things going on right now, but I think my body was like craving some physical work that didn't require any thinking. Oh yeah, uh-huh. you know. And like, oh, I can control this, and so I think it, it felt pretty good to get a big project done. But it was just a bad time. <laughs> What am I doing? And probably, you know, my publicist is calling me, and I'm like, I'm, just a second, I got to carry this big couch out of here, or whatever. You know, <laughs> he's like, this is not the time to do this summer. I'm like, I know, but it kind of is. It kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that first time, you know, uh, with Unladylike, I remember yeah. very specifically hearing that and just being blown away. I love the the variety of the sonically, uh, you know, traditional honky tonk, but you know, I love that I go has. So you really span the, you know, gamut with different sounds, um, and yeah, I obviously you know, related to Queen of the Clowns for uh, reasons that are obvious to some folks. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the really cool that Spanish sound and I go and a heavier Marianne, and then and what I noticed too, those were all originals, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. we move on to 2021's Bad Romantic. And you've chosen some covers, which are really cool ones. We played, because uh, I know you were calling and didn't hear, because um, Leona Williams, Yes Ma'am, He Found Me in a Honky Tonk. I wanted to play that because, uh, you know, people, might, there might be people who actually don't know who Leona Williams is. Yeah, that's part of the reason I cover. Awesome. So I, I get to talk about these people in front of, you know, whoever's there, six people or 600 people, you never know how many people are going to be there, but mm-hmm. I get to talk about her and, 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 uh, and, you know, the, the difference in the two albums, um, uh, uh, not knowing me, it could seem pretty all over the place. Uh, but, like, it, it aligns with my life a little bit. So, 2016, when Unladylike come out, I had no plan for Unladylike. I just, I didn't know how to make a record. I didn't know how to go in a studio. I didn't know any of those things. I was just playing some songs around locally and writing out of just, enjoying to write and people would say where can i hear stuff and it's like i don't know i don't 
could come to a show. Like, I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. Yeah. And I called a friend and I said, I need to sell some of my songs. And I don't know, I don't know how to make a record. And um, he showed me how and he produced it. <laughs> and so it, it was a small, it had no, that's why it's kind of all over the place is I didn't know how to think about things and package things and um, didn't know who I was kind of as, as an artist. I, I was just writing songs that I liked and I had written that I, that I thought about. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's why Unladylike is quite a bit different than my other albums because I, <laughs> I kind of found myself and found my voice yeah. later, you know, and that's why it was a long time, 2016 to 2021 until the next one came out. That's a long time because I wasn't really a working artist. I was just needing an album to sell. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at my shows. You know? Speaking to that, there's a transition then from, I, I would like folks to know a little bit of your background because I think it's fascinating that you're a, a teacher and uh, the kind of cliche of, well, I get late, late, late start or late bloom or whatever, but you've always been doing it. When and how did it turn from a hobby into a business? Yeah, sure. Well, I had always, I grew up in a musical family. My mama played piano in the church and, and uh, taught piano on my both sides of my grandparents are all musical so it was always just kind of and i played piano growing up learned theory mm-hmm. and uh learned how to be a musician you know and then um in college uh i played and wrote uh but you know that was in the late 90s and so um you didn't like have digital forms of your songs and could email and get a gig right you had to you had to like like in a movie, you had to like walk in with your guitar and be like, I play songs. Can I, you know, can I get up and play some and see if you'll hire me? And that's how I got gigs. And, yeah. and, um, well then I, uh, started thinking that's not what a good mama and a wife does. You know, a good mama and a wife, um, has a good schedule. It's the same as their kids. <laughs> and, uh, so I just kind of veered away from it got my teaching certificate and thought, well, I'm, setting myself up to be rancher's wife here we go you know (laughs) and um taught school for um almost 12 years and uh taught elementary school and i just wasn't feeling in line with myself at all and so a friend from the past was like why don't you come over and sing some songs with me and get up and sing harmony on a couple of my little local gigs just covers you know Mm -hmm. oh sure I'll, i'll do that that sounds fun and then I got to singing with him all the time, being his harmony singer. And then I thought, I I don't want to do covers. I, I like to write songs. And, and uh, so I, I just started flexing that muscle again. All right, so I wrote a few and uh, started playing out and started getting more people at my shows. And then um, um, I have, I've had a lot of friends in the industry because I never really all the way got out of it, but I was never all the way into it either. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of friends. And I met Coulter, and we wrote that together. Uh, I met Coulter at a festival we were both playing, and we didn't really know who each other was. We just became friends. And um, and so we ended up writing that song together. And and I was uh, I'm, I'm fortunate in Fort Worth. All this, I'm still teaching during all this. I'm fortunate in Fort Worth that... Um, uh, we have Nall City Studio here, Nall City Sound, mm-hmm. and it's a, a nice analog studio responsible for Leon Bridges. And uh, I took it to them, and we worked out some stuff, and we were making the album, and and um, 
I can't remember. I think I, I think I put it out and quit teaching all about, about at the same time. I just kind of um, went for it. I was 39 years old and somewhere around. No, I guess I put, I guess I quit teaching before I put it out. I don't know. It's a blur now, <laughs> but all about the time, all about, and then we have COVID that kind of got in the way with everything, you know, and, yeah. and delayed everything. So there's those years in there that I, I feel like I just skipped with the whole world skipped them, you know? Yeah, it is. a blur. So, uh, that's why it's a blur. You know, I'm not sure what happened in 2020. <laughs> I don't, you know, but, um, kind of all at the same time, I just took a leap because I just thought, man, I, I don't, it's kind of corny, but I didn't want to lay on my deathbed and think, oh, I'm so glad I never tried to do what I really wanted to do. <laughs> but, you know, I just kind of, yeah. so I just went for it. And, and I um, told my family and my friends that, my, you know, my support people that lift me up and, and um, care for me. And uh, I told them, I'm just going to do it. And I, it's funny, I didn't ask um I went to my folks and I told them I was going to do it. And they said, well, maybe you should think about it a little bit more. And I said, well, I already did it. (laughs) (laughs) I did it last week. Done deal. (laughs) Yeah. But I had, I had a wonderful system at the school that I taught at. And, um, I told my boss, you know, I'm going to jump off and really do this because I just couldn't keep touring every, like playing shows every weekend and then being tired on a Monday. It just wasn't fair. I wouldn't do it either job all the way. So my principal was really sweet. Said, "Well, you can always come back," but I haven't because I love this. Yes, and I made the right decision. Awesome, <laughs> it's so it's fun. I feel so much like myself. Yay! Uh, yeah, to to line up um, your values and your your core of who you are with what you're doing, and that's that's true joy. So uh, we're yeah, certainly right. happy that you made that shift. And uh, one of the shifts that I know that I've I've read you've embraced is the songwriting aspect um, could you tell us about well, you're very dedicated to that craft can you tell us about that commitment to your writing yeah well um the only way to you know break the rules is to know the rules and so i i really i've always loved country music um traditional country music and so i studied it and studied it and studied it which makes you want to write it you know, and uh, you can write in the formula and write out of the formula. But what happened, um, just that scenario with following green lights in your life. Um, <laughs> I, after making Bad Romantic and getting out on the road, I kind of saw, I found out what was important to me and uh, what I wanted to do with this whole thing. And I made a, a five-year business plan and um, and and made uh, this trajectory uh to pivot from and did all the corny things that you read about put it on my vision board and try to line up what am i going to need to do this and how do i start this now and how do i make long-term decisions and to really make this a substantial career well while doing all this i love to ride and i I have like i said i have a lot of friends in this industry and my friend matt hillier uh with 1100 springs Mm -hmm. called and said you know we're in this writers group Uh, do you want to join and what you do is this was almost two years ago and he said uh every wednesday by midnight you have to turn in a song and if you don't you're out of the group and uh so all you do is email sing it into your phone and email it in that's Mm -hmm. all you have to do no one really listens to it in the group there's only there's only about nine or ten spots in the group and when you get out 
you're, you can't get back in for a while, you know. So it makes you write every single week. So it basically it's just an accountability mm-hmm. group. Um, and so if you do anything that often and work on it that hard, you're going to get better at it. And you're going to want to get better at it and study it. Now, so I write a song every week, and not every one of them is good. I guarantee you that. But surely out of 100, you can get a few that are good. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> so um, that group completely changed my life. And I found out how much I, – I always loved songwriting, but when I really flexed that muscle, I was like, oh, daggum, I'm a songwriter. I love this, and I love to study this and think about it. And and it works out so organically um, if you just put your focus out there. And so I'm doing all this songwriting, and um, so I developed, I put the songwriting into my five-year plan mm-hmm. and liking it so much. And then yeah. I get a email from Bruce Robinson, one of my favorite writers ever. <laughs> and I had to like... Oh, he contacted like you? Yeah. In my, I had to like rub my eyes in a movie, look at the email, like, wait, what? <laughs> I kind of knew his camp because um, the next Waltz um, managed and ran Charlie Crockett's stuff for yes. a while. And I am friends with Charlie and opened for him a couple of times. So, you know, I had, I had danced around in their camp for a little while, but I was certainly not any kind of permanent pillar for them, you know. And, um, but Bruce, you know, said, I like some of your songs. Why don't you come down and do some force in the studio, do these little YouTube videos that we have. I said, yeah, sure. Well, you're not going to so say no to Bruce. <laughs> no, no, never. No, I still haven't. So, uh, the, uh, we got down there and I did some songs. I was so nervous. Um, <laughs> but whatever you gotta, you gotta do it anyway. And it's a perfect example of there's, that luck is just preparation that brings opportunity. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's exactly what it was. I was extremely prepared. I had, you know, almost 50 songs because I had been in the group for so long. And I was able to tell Bruce, heck yeah, I'm writing. I have a lot of songs I can send mm-hmm. you. So I went down there and did a song, and uh, he walked me out to the car and said, you know, we're inter- interested in your songs, and let's let's talk about an album maybe and more conversations happened, and so uh, we made a deal to do the whole album on their label. And, and uh, man, to have a writer like Bruce, um, to have his confidence in my songwriting changed, again, changed my five-year trajectory plan. <laughs> but it just goes to show you've got to follow green lights in your life. I mean, you've got to start and set out a plan and figure out and visualize what you want. But if you kind of open your mind to where this could go and say yes, when it feels like you should say yes, then things are going to start falling in place. And now we have this album out and, um, well, we have it about to come out and I'm so proud of it and it's completely analog and it was a really fun experience. Uh, I, I cannot wait to hear, as, as I understand, it's called The Biggest Life. Yeah. yeah. Interesting how that came out too. Um um, the Biggest Life. So I couldn't decide what to call the album. One of the most powerful songs on the album is going to be, it's the very last one, and it's called Lonely Girls Lament, and it's a pretty powerful song. And um, um, so I was going to call the album that. And I thought, man, that's just too sad, you know? <laughs> that's just too sad. Somebody's going to be flipping through a record store one day and be like, well, oh, some sad girl, you know? Uh, that's not, I'm not, 
not sad. I'm just real. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, so that didn't make the, that didn't make the cut. And then there's another called, called, song called She Ain't Me. And uh, I thought that's a pretty good little title, but She Ain't Me is actually, I'm not her in reverse. Mm-hmm. So the whole song has some really t- kind of twisted um, metaphors. But so it was She Ain't Me or The Biggest Life Worth Living is the Small. And Bruce did not like the biggest life worth living is a small. He's like, it's too long. That's ridiculous. You know? uh-huh. So I was like, okay, so it's the biggest life or she ain't me. And I couldn't decide. And I thought about it for a long time. Finally, I just talked to the artist, Pegas McCool, who does a lot of the work. We work closely together on almost all my merch and um, my uh, album art and uh-huh. just the whole design um, branding. And um, we just let the art lead the idea. He, um, um, he just came up Bruce said, what about a collage of a bunch of things from the song? And the third grade teacher in me was like pictured a painting, a terrible painting with like a biscuit and a truck like floating around my head like a third grade collage. You know, it's like, this is going to be so bad. <laughs> and so, I, But I brought up the collage I did of Pegas and he came up with the knickknack shelf and I just fell in love with it. I thought, oh, that's perfect. That's so, perfect. Yeah, thank you. you you're actually hitting on uh, some of the... I'll, the questions I had and about that shadow box. Oh, I talk a lot. Shadow yeah. box. Well, but you're, it is pertinent. It's great. It's not just, you know, chit chat. So, um, that shadow box. Now, you know, those little, right? That's what you, what do you yeah, call it? Knickknack. We call them knickknack shelves, but okay. they well, probably have different names for different regions. I, I grew up known as a shadow box. Sure. Yeah. You and Deb's saying what? Knickknack for you. What, okay. Knickknack. Uh, uh, all right. Knick-knack um, and I uh, actually have designed one uh, from my past, and I looked at really was looking at all those items, and it made me wonder: Are those specific? Any of those specific to you and your story, or just kind of fun images of you know uh, Texas stuff? Because there's a, a cowboy hat. Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. M- um, most of it is derived from the lyrics. Okay. So as you listen to the album, which I hope people listen to it in their headphones because and I hope you sit down and you look at the album while you listen because I meant for it to be that way Mm -hmm. and so there's a reason there's certain things on the cover oh cool (laughs) Uh, yeah and there's a reason the back of the album I'm sitting in the truck and there's a reason for that too if you listen when the album comes out and um and then also there's some easter eggs in the insert but I'm gonna wait for everybody like (laughs) I'm going to wait for everybody to buy the album because, and and you won't get it digitally. The only way to see some of the Easter eggs is on the physical um, vinyl. It's not even going to be on the CD. So there's some little, there's some, um, I have a little gift for everybody, I guess. That's really in the, clever. Inside the vinyl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I'm telling you, I have had such a good time making this album. I just couldn't wait to start talking about it with everybody. <laughs> My friends are so annoyed because um, I just hadn't thought about anything else, you know. <laughs> and uh, that's why people say it's like, oh, or, you know, I can't believe you're single. And I said, no, I'm not single. I'm I'm married to country music and songwriting. <laughs> like I really am. Three fourths of my heart is covered up with that, and the rest of it is like ranching. So like you know, like that's it. I don't have room. But yeah, there's a uh, the cover. Uh, yeah, it, it'll lead. It's uh, perfectly with the song. And if you think about it, the biggest life worth or with the lyrics, I mean. The biggest life worth living is the small. So it's a knickknack of shelf of little small things that make up the entire album, which is the concept of the song, yeah. you know, that you have to enjoy the little everyday things in life. 
so it all it all just kind of aligns for me, which makes it really exciting. And uh, I don't know if anybody will ever care because artists put so much work into it. I also did not want my picture on the front. And uh, because I don't want this album to be about me or about the bar or the honky tonk. This album is arrows pointed out. Like I want other people to listen and uh, feel something and apply it to their life. I didn't want it to be about me or about women or like, excuse me, I guess about like chick country. Yeah. It's about women because I am a woman and I write from that perspective. But yes. I didn't want it to be about anything other than songs. So I didn't want my picture on the front. Gotcha. So that, that's because that, that, I, I did on Bad Romantic, but uh, I didn't want to on this one. Yeah. And well, I think it's, I just love those different layers of, of meaning. Uh, it's that really you tied it all yeah. together. And I know uh, you say, you know, some folks may not care, but I think true, true fans and, um, Music freaks like myself and everybody here and everybody I know. <laughs> well, yeah, freaks, yeah, we we get we dive into that and you see and then in like looking at that album and then listening to I just I cannot I cannot wait. Uh, well, yeah, I can't wait either because uh, yeah, I I designed it that way and uh, and it was just so fun because I want I'm I'm like you I'm, I I want to read the credits. I want to know who played on it. I want to, you know, I want to know where they did it, why they did it. And then I'll look at, oh, I love this drum sound. Where, who else did this guy play for? And then I'd buy that record. And that's really fun. But then you have to think about everybody. Now, you got to think about your work, too. you got to think about, okay, how's this going to transfer on stage? Uh-huh. You know, how's this going to sound in a festival and in a bar and in a dance hall? So well, that's that, what I'm working on right now. And that is uh, a good segue to what I want to talk about this uh, Two for Tango tour. And just right yeah. quick so folks know, we are listening to KZUM Lincoln, KZUM HD, and this is Twyla Twang on The Women's Show with Summer Dean, our special guest for Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond interview series. Cool. Thank you for that. We'll just jump right into Two for Tango tour. Yeah. Dude, uh, Rob Lyons, man, he looks like a hoot. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Rob Lyons is a mess. In fact... Uh, we've been we've been friends a while, and uh, we met in California at something I don't know uh, who knows. And uh, uh, yeah, he's a mess, and we've always been friends. Now we are pretty much nothing alike musically, so which is going to be an interesting tour. Mm -hmm. um, but we're friends, and we're on the same booking agency and all this. So we we're doing this together because we want to do it together, and uh, that's and that's it. <laughs> and our agents let us. Okay. <laughs> so we're excited and uh like it's not like uh there's no that's kind of why we did two to tango like it's not like uh, a group of like-minded people coming together or anything like that no it's just two completely not completely opposite but our music's pretty different and our fans are a little bit so it's just gonna be really fun <laughs> but i texted rob i said hey just so you know like on the road like I don't really party all that much. <laughs> it's like, I got it. I got it. Like I leave the venue and after everything's done and I go to the hotel and I put on my pajamas and take my makeup off and like watch, you know, watch Seinfeld and do my gua sha on my face. And then I go to bed. <laughs> like, it's like I keep it pretty chill on tour because mm -hmm. it's so long. I, I can't wear myself out. Sure. And I, and I don't think that Rob's camp rolls like that. <laughs> but <laughs> they do get up, go to the gym. <laughs> and I still ride on the road. Like, I still have to ride a song a week. 
So I'm just, I got to keep my business going on the road. So Rob and I were just texting last week and I said, and I, I don't think I'm going to party with y'all. Just letting you know right now. So I don't disappoint you. And, um, and he said, no, we, we get up and work out and keep the gym going. And I was like, okay, good. I'll, I'll, I'll do that with you. And I was like, I ride every week. And Rob's like, okay, I'll do that with you. So we'll make each other better people on the road. Yeah, it's a little discipline thrown in the mix. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> tour is going to be so fun. Awesome. Um, well, we do have to wrap it up. And I, I could go on. And I I know, but hopefully, by the t- you, you keep, you have the same enthusiasm through June to keep talking about this album that you uh, so, so much deserve all the press and information and hype up leading up to the release of uh, The Biggest Life. And thank you. I just, I'm a little bit nervous about it. Um, you know, my last album started with a duet with Coulter. Yes. And uh, that was a huge propelling thing. And I don't have that on this one. This one's all me. So I appreciate you uh, lifting me up and uh, giving me a platform to talk about it because it's, it's special. Certainly. And, and will you? I noticed the uh, first leg looks like it's pretty much on the West Coast. Are you planning any kind of a middle run or East run or any other yeah, additional runs? Yeah, in the fall. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, we'll come back and uh, we go up, we go up, uh, we go West, go up, go over to um, Montana and stuff and come down. And then we've got some East and um, Midwest stuff coming. It's just not all confirmed yet, but those tours are getting booked now and those announcements will come here in a couple of months once they get all cleaned up okay well and uh we would love that'll be with another group that'll be with a group of girls so oh have fun oh yeah um well do make sure that you uh stay in touch and uh, i'll try not to bug you too much um personally but i want to make sure that we uh you know have a chance to hear the album we're going to spin it and when you come around in the area you're we'd love to have you if it's possible to come in the studio and hang out yeah. and play and talk and sing and do something or uh you know get at least get you out on the see you out on the road uh one of some show somewhere we'll um love, love to make that happen thank you uh, that everything you just said means the world to me it really does and and i'll, and I'll do it Ooh. i'll do it for sure you kind of sometimes you kind of have to stay on me because i don't i don't have management you're, so yeah, I, you're on. You're all on your own. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're a so, busy, busy girl. Uh, those people take a lot of money, man. I can do it myself. So sometimes I require just a little more poking. Okay, <laughs> but but it's not it's not because I'm neglecting anything. It's just because I forgot. Are you, you know, busy? So yeah, poke me I again. Get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna close our segment with uh, picket fans just because it's, it's like my favorite. You know the Heck the yeah, buck in the norm. Song, dude. Cool. Um, I wrote that song uh, driving home from teaching in my car. Just so tired of this. Yeah. Like the norm. Yeah. Yeah. We all can hear, you can hear it in the lyrics here, folks. Uh, Summer Dean. And, oh, before we go, make sure everybody knows how to follow you. Yeah. I mean, you know, I tell people there's so many ways to follow people. Now, you can just Google Summer Dean and something will come up. Um, But, like, on Instagram, I'm Summer Dean. On Facebook, I'm Summer Dean. I've got two Facebooks, but I'm about to merge those. Okay. And then, uh, um, yeah, we're on Spotify and all those and um, all the streaming platforms help us make money and the followers help us get gigs and sell tickets. So uh, we appreciate any streaming and any followers uh, y'all can give and and uh, reach out. I try to get back as much as I can. I don't always have time to sit at my phone and go through everything, but sometimes I do, you know. Right. So Okay. Yeah, y'all reach out and thank you so much for supporting women and country and uh, 
we're flying the flags for each other, and it's it's important. Yes. Oh, thank you for taking the time. I know you're a busy woman, and I, I just appreciate you, your music, and your time today. Y'all, this is uh, Summer Dean's Picket Fence off of Bad Romantic.